0: Welcome to the Tangent Podcast. How you doing? Oh, I'm good.
1: I don't know why I thought you were talking to the audience at first there.
0: Well, maybe I was. Maybe I was. How are you ah, doing, audience? Crap,
1: I'm sorry.
0: Audience, I hope you are well. Hey, did you get some more uh, some more ink there? Ink on your, oh, on your this? Yeah.
1: uh yeah, I don't know how new it. it's been like six. Oh
0: that's or so. that's sick, to... man. That's cool.
1: I don't, I don't know how to show this well it's majora's mask
0: very nice
1: from legend of Zelda. heck yeah dude all about it
0: you, you know me how are you I'm good uh, life is good right now and just uh, rip roaring to get podcasting today
1: that's that's what, that's what we today. like to hear um what what is on the agenda today good Austin?
0: Well, the first is a drink that has intrigued me for a long time. I must say, uh, Celsius Live Fit, and live fit. the flavor. I know we couldn't uh, coordinate the flavors today, but I have. I got, I got. I got
1: it.
0: Oh, you got sparkling orange. Okay, I got sparkling Which, orange as well. Uh, I I just want to know the difference. So this says essential energy accelerates metabolism and burns body fat. Is Like, what's the difference between essential and non essential energy? Like, I I don't know. Um, That's
1: a good question.
0: It is a small can compared to other beverages, uh, but it's
1: Red Bull sized.
0: Yep. Uh, But it was cheaper too, so that's good. Zero sugar. And supposedly, it it is a
1: healthy version.
0: It's got seven essential vitamins and it says proven in six published university studies. I don't know why they had to prove vitamins in a study, but it also says in 2005, vitamin industry entrepreneurs created Celsius. How does it work? Celsius's proprietary Celsius Celsius proprietary meta plus formula, including Ooh. green tea with EGCG ginger and guarana seed turns on thermogenesis a process that boosts your body's metabolic rate i feel like they threw a lot of made-up words in there to make it what sound a cool big words thermogenesis and meta plus um
1: and metabolic i know that yeah. actually. But vitamins word. they're just trying to confuse us
0: by Vi- <laughs> green
1: <laughs>
0: what <are these> big <laughs> words seed Drinking Celsius prior to fitness activities is proven to energize, accelerate metabolism, burn body fat, and calories. Celsius provides essential energy to live fit.
1: Lovely. Your ultimate fitness partner.
0: This This company is based in Boca Raton, Florida. I always thought that name was funny because it literally means mouth rat. Mouth rat Florida. Yeah.
1: Are you serious?
0: Yep. Boca or er, Boca is mouth and rat is rat. Raton is rat. In Spanish mouth rat, Florida. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to give this rat. bad boy a, a little drinky drink here. A little drinky poo.
1: All righty. Let's see what we got here.
0: Oh, it smells. Hmm.
1: Okay. As an energy drink, it's not good. As a healthy energy drink,
0: it's not bad. Dude, I I can't get over the smell. For some reason, it smells like canned dog food. Maybe that's just the top of my can. Like, I think you got a
1: bad can, my guy. Oh. It's not great, though.
0: It definitely has the vitamin taste to it.
1: I can tell they tried to make it healthy.
0: Yeah, I don't love that, but for yeah, for a natural one, not bad. Better than the other natural ones that I've tried.
1: Oh, dude, we've had some that t- tasted like you were drinking grass <sighs> blended up.
0: So I, I don't think I'm going to drink the rest of that. That's not good. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not great. No, you're you're right. Clinically, I, clinically proven. Clinically, oh, I, I want to know what that means though. Clinically proven to what? That it's got vitamins I don't know. in it or.
1: Right next to clinically proven, it doesn't say anything like... It says zero sugar. I don't think that needs to be clinically proven. Right. What, what what if this is clinically proven? Also, Celsius was just in a lawsuit.
0: Really? For what?
1: Um, At the top, it says no preservatives, but apparently there are preservatives. Huh. So... Yeah, when I when I googled it today, it was just like I googled Celsius and it was just like Celsius lawsuit. And I was like, oh crap, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be drinking this. But then I read it. I was just like, oh, that's not my
0: big. I would this. give that like a three out of ten. Honestly, I do I get, not like I'm it. I'm going.
1: I'm going four, four and a half. Yeah, yeah. it's not great.
0: It is among the uh, birthday cake bash for worst, oh, worst dude. drinks we've had so far.
1: There will never be eh. a worse.
0: Ugh, this one's pretty bad. Ugh, I don't it's like not it. Great. Yeah, I I do wonder if they're because it's sparkling orange. Sparkling anything is never great, um, and so I do wonder. Sorry, I do wonder if their other flavors would be better. Maybe, but yeah. How much caffeine is this? Two hundred milligrams.
1: Holy Are you crap. serious? That's more than a monster, and it's oh half my, the size. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> Oh Jeez! All right. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna put that to the side.
1: That's
0: fair. <laughs> we will continue here. I do have a bit of space news for you. This one's, this one's fun, whimsical even. Um, the headline says cool. a NASA spacecraft discovers a formation on Mars resembling a bear. Isn't that fun?
1: Ooh, that is I fun. will even
0: show a picture here. nice bear. It looks like the bear that my daughter drew and she is four. Um, But yeah, it looks like a bear. And it was discovered just recently from the University of Arizona, shared the picture. And they say it is the nose is formed by a V-shaped collapse structure uh, that was once a hill and there's a fracture pattern around the head. So... They do say that it may be an impact crater of some sort that has kind of settled into the shape of a bear. It could be a volcano. They don't know, but yeah. yeah, kind of some cool, some cool, uh, cool imagery there. I think it's weird to think about a volcano on the moon. I think we would have it, probably seen Mars. an explosion on the moon at some point of lava, but
1: I thought we were talking about Mars.
0: Oh Mars, yeah. I don't know why I went to the moon. Sorry, Mars. Yes, um, it's
1: because the yeah. picture is in black and white, so it looks yeah, like the moon.
0: I was thinking, I was thinking the moon, but Mars. So yeah, volcano on Mars. Mm-hmm. Oh
1: cool. yeah, kind of, Thanks. kind
0: of fun. Similar to the man's face they found on there too.
1: Oh man, that image like puts like dread in my body for some reason. Really? I don't know this, why.
0: This one, let me let me pull it up
1: the the face on Mars or whatever, yeah. Ever? I don't know. I can't see your screen.
0: Oh, um, it's the classic one where it looks like almost like a hockey mask. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I don't know why and and mapped it out and been used lidar and been like, yeah, it's real. Like it's an actual face of a giant. Shut up.
1: Hmm. Anyway. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that, that is the space news for the day. Uh, what do you have for us, Jack?
1: Oh, boy, I have us a spooky story. Just Ooh. a small little spooky story before we get into the old, the old big big part of this episode. You, you Very know fun. us, we like to do, we like to do uh, paranormal encounters. Oh, actually, before we get into that, I was going to tell people about on our website, we now have an option for, uh, to send a voice message to us. Uh, so if you have like a like a paranormal story or something like that that you want to share, if you go to it's anchor.fm slash tangent podcast, we put it in every show note, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, there's a button that says message. Click on it. And, you know, honestly, I don't know if you could type in it because every time I try, it says you can't send a message to yourself. Which makes me I'll, sad.
0: I'll so, go incognito and I'll try it. Um, yeah message but i know you can send
1: voice messages so yeah be you can... cool if you want to send send in like a like your own story and like we can play it on the podcast um or if you don't want you know that we can just read it out for you kind of thing but definitely use that
0: yeah for sure we definitely want to hear your stories uh we'll play it there you can be anonymous or you can leave your name also next to that message button is the support button. We are uh, looking into doing a, some kind of extra kind of Patreon ish material for you guys. And you can do either a one-time donation there, um, or you can join when we get this extra content out that we would release content to you for, you know, a certain price every month. Um, And you guys can support your boys that way too. So we appreciate all the support you guys give us anyway, but every little bit is appreciated.
1: Of course, it is. And even just listening, still appreciate you. Yep. And we know everyone's not in a place to donate. Um, all right. As for the story, this one's kind of creepy. You ready? Ready for the title of this one? Ooh, yeah. The boy with no eyes. Hmm. Terrifying. All right. <clears throat> Goes as follows, one night, when I was 10, I was woken up by my bedroom door opening, all followed by someone sitting on my bed. I felt my leg grazed and the bed sink under a person's weight. It's just mom, I thought, and I opened my eyes. It was not my mom. I found an eyeless boy. He had black, empty sockets. About my age, sitting at the foot of my bed. He extended his hand, and in it was a little box. I was startled, but reached out. He pulled back. I reached again, and said, Give it. Then I blinked, and when I reopened my eyes, he was gone. But I could still see the imprint of where he sat on my bed. Fast forward five years, my girlfriend came over to do homework. As she finished, she took a nap while she waited for her parents. When they arrived, I tried waking her up. She opened her eyes suddenly, looking up at the corner where the wall met the ceiling. She pointed there and went back to sleep. I shook her again. She came to full consciousness, and I explained what she had just done. She looked haunted. Up on the wall, I saw a little boy with no eyes. He was there in a Spider-Man pose, just staring at me. I freaked out and told her the story about the same kid. Fast forward another five years, I was with the same girlfriend. We had a two year old. We were living in in my parents' house in my old room. My daughter started picking or started waking up at the same time every night, and she'd talk. After a while I noticed she had almost the same conversation every night. I playfully asked her once whom she was talking to. She said, It's a little boy. He's nice. He's lost and looking for his mommy. My daughter's nightly conversations continued until we got our own place a year later. That's the end of the story.
0: I don't like that. No, no sir. Kids are creepy enough, but when you take away their eyeballs... Oh, yeah, seriously. Seriously. White eyes, black eyes, no eyes, like, eyes are shifty, man. They're, ugh.
1: Heck, like, even in movies when you see someone, like, with a scarred eye and it's, like, super cloudy kind of thing, and also, also just, like, ugh, that's disturbing to me for some reason.
0: It's funny you say that, because the movie Casino Royale, I remember seeing that when I was, like, Mm. I was probably, like, 12 or 13, and the main villain from that, like, has a weird eye. And it always creeped me out super bad. Um, That's a good story, though.
1: A little terrifying, but, you know. What can you do? What can you do? Uh, Move. (laughs) That's what you can do in that situation. (laughs) They did
0: did move, like, a year later, right?
1: Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Because that sounds horrifying.
0: Yeah. Not fun. Okay, first of all,
1: actually, the person who had this story... The balls on this person to when they reached out and he tried to grab something from him and then the, the boy pulled away and then he reached out and he goes give it to this kid with no eyes he's demanding this kid with no <laughs> eyes that appeared in his bedroom he's commanding him to give him whatever is in his hand it's just like dude you don't mess with that thing like but you know good for you I guess Stand up for yourself. Hmm. Anyway, what is our main topic of the day?
0: Well, this is one that I've always been interested in, but never known a lot about. So doing research for this one was fun. It is about Easter Island and the Rongo Rongo tablet that was found there. So for those of you who have never heard of Easter Island or don't really know what it is, it is an island named after the holiday of easter Is it really? Yes. And mm. it is uh part of Chile, so it's a special territory of Chile. It's in kind of the South Pacific. It's kind of crazy because it's nearest like other landmass that's populated that has like 50 people is like 1200 miles away. And then yeah, the biggest I- So, yeah, it's like 50 people that live there, and then the biggest landmass that has over 500 people is like 1,800 miles away, and then the biggest continental mass that's closest to it is Chile, which is like over 2,000 miles away. So it is out there. It's one of the most remotely uh, populated places in the world. And there are reports that the population has ranged between about five to seventy five, five thousand to seventy five hundred over the past like five years. So there's quite a few people that live there, and the island is just over about sixty miles square, and so it's not a huge island. Like it's not sixty miles square, like sixty miles from uh, side to side. So it's a hundred and. Or, yeah, sorry, 63.2 square miles. So it is square. But it's a tiny, tiny island, and it's literally out in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing else really around it. It's east or west of Chile, so kind of between Chile and Australia. Um, But it's closer to Chile than it is to Australia.
1: Not by much, though. It is out there.
0: It is. Like, I did not know that.
1: I thought it was, like, 10, 20 miles offshore or whatever.
0: No, it is out. Yesterday. Out like
1: oh my gosh like <laughs> and that, there's nothing within like three hour flight even of it
0: right and that's why it's such like a like a legend of an island like that's why it's such a popular place because not only like the location but kind of the the history of what's gone on there so we'll get into that a little bit but um The reason it was called Easter Island was because in the 1700s, there was a Dutch explorer named Jacob Roggeveen. I'm sure I'm getting that wrong, Hmm. but he found it in 1722. They were on a journey looking for uh, Terra Australis, which at the time was supposed to be this big, mysterious island kind of at the south end of the world. (laughs) And so Terra Australis is what they were looking for. They come along this island and they came across it on Easter Sunday in 1722, which was April 5th. And um, so they find it, they name it Easter Island. And when they get to the island, there were like tons of people waiting for them there. So they they kind of encountered all these people there. And the current name, Polynesian name for it is Rapa Nui, which means big Rapa. I don't know what I think Rapa may be just be island. Um, But Rapa Nui is the name of both the island and then also the people that live there are also named the Rapa Nui people. And this was actually a term that came about after some of the slave slave raids that happened in the 1860s. So um, some of the Latin American countries, specifically Peru, would do slave raids on these islands to go get slaves. And so they went to Rapa Nui, or Easter Island, and took some slaves. And somehow in that whole process, the name Rapa Nui uh, came to the island and... uh, that's what it's known by now. <clears throat> so that's the local name. Um, it There's some differing opinions on when the island was officially like colonized and settled, but it is a Polynesian island. So the theory is that the Polynesian settlers first inhabited it anywhere from the year 300 AD to the year 800 AD. And then some closer studies actually say that they're arrival to the island happened closer to the year 1200 AD. So there's a lot of differing opinions there. Um carbon dating has placed it uh closer to that 8 to 1200 range, but who knows how accurate carbon dating really is? So it's it's hard to say, you know. I think weather climate things like that can have a great effect even human interaction in a place where there's organic matter can have an effect on how it's decaying and so it may be hard to say but somewhere within that 8 to 1200 range is the general consensus of when it was inhabited and so they think that it was inhabited around the same time as hawaii as well like the same group of polynesian settlers that inhabited hawaii around the same time came here (laughs) so uh They were annexed by Chile in 1888, and then in 1966, all of the population there were actually granted Chilean citizenship. So it's kind of like Puerto Rico to the US, I guess. It's like a special territory or special province. All right. So again, they gained citizenship uh, in the 1960s and History of how the island came to be settled, I guess, was one of the legends was that there were some Polynesian chiefs that were kind of fighting with each other. And so one of the chiefs, his name was Hotumatua, and he had a captain named Tu Koiho, and they led an expedition that was two canoes big. So I don't know how big their their canoes were. I've rode in some pretty big like Indian canoes before, but um, two canoes worth of... Polynesians left their island that at the time was the Cook Islands, uh, which I believe is somewhere near kind of Samoa, uh, Polynesian Islands, like kind of the South Pacific area. And so there was this legend of this island out there in the middle of nowhere so they were kind of looking for it and they had left because they had lost a bunch of battles against this other chief on their island and so they decided to flee <laughs> and so they come to the island they found one lone settler and his name was ngatavake a terona i'm sure i'm butchering that but so Ooh. they come to the island they settle uh, on the beach the first settlement there was named anakena and then after they settled it on Akanah, they kind of started to split off. But not many people stayed there because they found that it wasn't a super habitable island, or at least at the time that's the theory. Because when the Europeans came, you know, a thousand years later in the eight, 17, 1800s, they initially came upon the island and thought that it was just sandy. But when they got there, it was just like yellow grass. There wasn't really many trees. There wasn't like really anything like the soil wasn't that fertile, you couldn't grow food. And also there's like not a reef there, so they couldn't really fish. Like there weren't, there wasn't a large like marine food source there either at the time that the Europeans got there. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was like when the Polynesians got there around 8 to 1200, um, but they did start to kind of branch out and settle. And one of the legends is that one of the chiefs or one of the settlers that first went there had seven sons and the sons were giant so he had seven giant sons and he brought them to the island and that's where they got the inspiration to make the big statues or the Easter Island heads which are commonly known as moai and um so there's this theory came about because of the legend but then also there's seven distinct moai statues there on the island <clears throat> that kind of face the direction of the Polynesian islands and so they say that those are the seven sons of this chief that went there and the seven sons are the ones who brought the statues to the islands and they say that they caused them to walk so in their belief the statues were like real and were able to walk or in some way that these sons were able to move them around and create them and they had some kind of essence or life force to them which i think is pretty cool um but that is really why people go to Easter Island because it is a pretty hot tourist zone is because of these massive statues. I'm sure people have seen them. Uh, I'll share a picture here real quick.
1: Wait, so they were not carved on this Island. They were brought to the Island. Is that what you said?
0: Well, so that was the legend, or at least they said that the sons, yeah, made the stones walk and they brought them to the Island and made them walk. But I believe that they were carved on the Island. Like that's just a legend, but this is what they look like. So, let me share my screen. I'm trying to let's see.
1: if you've seen uh night at the Museum, it's uh big dum dum gum gum guy, yeah, that's an Easter island head.
0: can you <laughs> see yeah, this okay, so basically the oh, the guy's behind me on my screen. those are the Easter island heads <clears throat> So there's over a thousand of them on the island, which I didn't know. I thought there was like 10, you know, like I thought there was like 10 to 20, like very, very few of them. But there's over a thousand currently on the island. Some of them are massive. Like I think the biggest one is over 70 feet tall. Um, And they said that that one would have taken a group of 12 people about over a year to carve. Um, How they moved them around, I have no idea because it does appear that obviously those stones – weren't just there like they've been moved around but also uh it's commonly only seen that we see the heads of them but a lot of them have like full bodies too so that's kind of the statue behind me like they show these comical bodies on them but a lot of them have bodies that are buried in the ground or some of them even have bodies that are showing like you can see the shoulders on a lot of them and then on some of them you can even see like a full torso so this is one of the biggest mysteries of easter island is how the heck did they carve these things Because they're pretty well carved and like they're huge. They're massive. So first of all, how did they carve them? They're made out of like a volcanic rock because there is a big volcano on the island. So they're made out of this volcanic rock. But how did this ancient civilization carve them and then move them around? So I think that's pretty cool. A lot of theories on how they moved them, like kind of similar to the pyramids where they either use like... Logs to roll them across the ground, or they somehow used water to traffic them across the island, something like that. But yeah, there's over a thousand of them. So obviously some culture Uh, went nuts uh, carving these and putting them around the island. So why they're there, there's a lot of differing opinions on that as well. Some people say that they're kind of like like a deity to them, to the culture. Other people say like, oh, it it signifies their ancestors or something like that. But it is, Uh, oh, go ahead.
1: Sorry, I was just going to give a little context that I'm looking at these, and it just says on average they're 4 meters high, which is a little over 13 feet tall, pretty big, and on average weigh in at 12 and a half tons. So that's a little, that's average, by the way. The tallest finished one was 10 meters high. Uh, That's really big. Uh, let's see. Let's get an exact measurement. So 10 meters is oh, 32.8 feet. That's huge. And it weighed 82 tons. And then it says here, the biggest unfinished one would have been 21 meters tall, which is 70 feet.
0: Yep. And so that one is named El and would have weighed two. Yeah, oh. and it
1: would have weighed 270
0: tons.
1: Yeah. So these, like... <laughs> That's why there's a mystery around them. Not only are they, like, really cool and whatever, but, like, how did they freaking move these things? They're 15 feet tall and over 12 tons.
0: Right. And, like, that's, that's the crazy thing is, first of all, like, how did they make them? Second of all, why did they make them? Like, why did they feel like they had to make these huge statues? Now, the reason they believe that the Polynesians inhabited the island is because, one, they brought what's called a Polynesian rat And that led to kind of the deforestation and killing off of a lot of the local animals there. Um, And then obviously they kind of deforested, so there's no trees now. But then they also believe that it was Polynesians because these statues are similar to some of the statues that you see on other Polynesian cultures. or not not really statues, but like shrines or like sacred sites. And so that they kind of can tie it to the Polynesians that way. But yeah, the statues, they have
1: Tiki-esque. Yeah. Like they kind of feel Tiki-esque, you know, Hawaiian kind of thing. So I could see that. I mean, not exactly, but I could definitely see the correlation if they were.
0: The the crazy thing, though, is that uh, we like people have tried to recreate these today and it's almost impossible for them to do it to the level that these were done. Like it's. It's really, really hard to move a piece of stone that big, that heavy and carve it out that, you know, that large of a feature. So it's it really is like a feat of engineering and no one really knows exactly how it was done. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of cool. Um, they're pretty minimalist, like there's not a lot to them, but um, uh, yeah, it
1: does say here that most of them were carved in in the inland quarries and then moved out outward towards the coast often more than many kilometers away
0: right uh, well, and a
1: mile or two that's a long way to move 12 tons
0: yeah right and one thing that's been recently discovered is like a lot of times you see these and it's just like black rock but they've recently discovered that a lot of them actually have or had eyes painted on them like they have eye sockets that are oh, ca- really? carved into them and then um they have eyes that were painted on there and they believe that white coral was used to paint the eyes. And then they had red pupils that were painted by another either local plant dye or other rock type that was red. And so they have these like really piercing eyes to them. Um, and they evidence that because they found a lot of pieces of white coral, like around the statues. And then they found these eye sockets. And so, um, it was kind of weird. Like you couldn't really, tell unless you used special equipment to like really look at the surface and and tell the deviations in the surface to tell that there were eye sockets because the stone is so dark and like hard to see the the variations in the the surface and so they finally had some archaeologists i believe it was like the 70s or the 80s that discovered those eye sockets and then found the coral and kind of uh hypothesized that they used that to make the eyes And a lot of people believe that they are built for like religious or political uh, authority or power type things, um, kind of a symbol of authority. And um, a lot of people believe it was a respect thing to sacred spirits or to deities, ancestors, things like that. And so who who knows why they're there? Like no one really knows. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest mysteries and something I've always been interested in. Um, but then there's another mystery, another big mystery as well. Um, so along with these huge statues, there was a tablet that was found on the island that's called Rongo Rongo or Ngorongo Goro. And I'm probably butchering that Ngorongoro, (laughs) uh, Don't ask me to say that. Don't ask me to say it (laughs) again. But uh, it's like this tablet that has a bunch of glyphs on it, and it was discovered in the early 1800s on the island, and it appears to be some system of writing, right? And tons of people have tried to decipher it, but no one's really been successful at it. Um, One of the reasons for that is there is a Rapa Nui language that's still spoken among the natives today. It's not similar to this, but only an eighth of the population currently living is fluent in that language alone. So like they have, they have some descendant language, you know, that's written on this rongo rongo that's different, but I mean, similar enough that they can tie it back somehow to these glyphs, but only an eighth of the people today even speak that fluently. So it's like terribly hard to decipher and yeah, no one's ever really been able to do it. And none of the glyphs can actually be read or interpreted. Um, And so it seems that it's not really identifiable or tied to any other living language or any language that we've been able to decipher. Um, Yeah. So they have this tablet it's size wise. I'm actually not sure like how big it is. I would imagine that it would be, Holdable in your hands from what it looks like, but it's made out of wood. So it's made out of, oh, what's the wood? I just had it up here. Pacific, um, Pacific Rosewood is what it's called. And so oh, yeah. it's carved into Pacific Rosewood. And it's believed that these tablets were sacred. Like, um, part of the history of the Rapa Nui surrounding these like sacred writings is that only a small, Um, amount of the population that was considered the elite part of the population was ever literate and able to read them or able to like use them for things. And so they hold this sacred or elitist, uh, status in that culture. Even today still like they have that, that same history, but, um, they have found other tablets in the area that they've been able to decipher that aren't really related to this language, but those are all just like pieces of irregular driftwood or whatever. Um, but this one, especially because no one's been, ever been able to decipher it. And then that wood, they, they don't really have trees on that island anymore. And from what I understood, that that's not like a, like a native wood to the island. So either it was something that was brought there or at the time that it was written... A long time ago, the island was uh, forested and they were able to get that wood, but they don't really know where it came from. (laughs) And so, some of the glyphs like they're carved into this wood, and some of them are kind of like a human outline, some of them have animal or plant like forms to them, geometric forms. but they can't really tell what those mean. And so they've never really been able to say for certain, oh, this glyph is this human or this animal or this plant shape. But they can say, oh, it resembles this kind of stuff. <laughs> and then, uh, Yeah,
1: like, this is weird. It almost looks like aliens or something. Yeah.
0: Well, that's one of the theories, too. Like, a lot of the other glyphs in the area that they found contain pictures of like little stick figure looking people um that look like a typical like gray alien or something like that like a short humanoid type figure but yeah it's like nothing i've ever seen before it almost looks like hebrew mixed with like little kid drawings mixed with yeah uh, i have no idea like it's just it's strange it doesn't <clears throat> look like yeah like any other thing i've ever seen um but i can see where they're getting some Like, animal and plant-type shapes. Um,
1: Yeah. Some of them look kind of like a fish. But, like, that's the problem. It's like seven or eight of them look like fish. So, I mean, they can't all mean fish, right? (laughs) I don't know. That one kind of looks like the devil holding a club.
0: There is Uh, a... That guy's holding a surfboard.
1: I, 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 like, what on earth could this possibly mean? It might just be doodles. I think they're just some guys
0: doodles. (laughs) Dude, I bet you the ancient people were like, we're just going to leave all this nonsense here for people to find later. And then we're just going to peace out from the Island for years and no one will ever know what happened and it'll be a big joke. But, um, yeah, so it it is cool though. Like I, I think it's fascinating that no one's been able to decipher it because it could contain this crazy hidden language or something, you know, or like secrets to something so cool. Um,
1: treasure underneath the island something crazy yeah
0: maybe like it reminds me of national treasure the second one when they have that like tablet that they have to figure out Ah. to find the city of gold or whatever like that's kind of kind of what it reminds me of (laughs) but the reading of it is kind of weird so they've been able to determine somehow that the way that you read it is you start in the bottom left hand corner i guess by the way the shapes like they can identify common shapes throughout it and the orientation of them shows that because it is it is oriented in lines Mm. like It's got lines on it and you can even see on the wood itself. There's like some lines that go through it and it actually looks a lot like other things they found where they wrote on banana leaves. And then those banana leaves like left the imprint of the lines on the leaves in this tablet. So, it's kind of weird, but um, the way that you read it would be you'd start in that bottom left-hand corner, and you'd read left to right. And then when you get to the end of that line, you actually flip the tablet 180 degrees, and then you start on the left side of the next line up, and then you read. And then when you get to the end there, you flip it, and you flip it you every serious? line until, until you're done reading it. So it, it's weird, but, um, but yeah, that's how they um, hypothesize that you would read it. That's got a name, apparently. It's called reversed- Boustrophedon.
1: That's the direction you read it. Boustrophedon? I don't know. Style of writing in which alternate lines of writing are reversed with letters also written in reverse mirror style. So it's reversed reverse writing is is what I'm understanding from
0: so every time that you flip it, basically everything around it is upside down, which maybe that would help me because when I'm reading a book i I have a hard Start time reading, not like reading reading ahead or <laughs> yeah. like reading behind and like mixing myself up, so maybe that would help I don't know, but um but yeah, that's kind of interesting like I've never seen anything like that before, and it, it is interesting that they have a name for it i i never knew that that was a thing but yeah um, I'm, I'm just
1: on the wikipedia page for it and on the right side where it gives a like little quick stuff it's like script type undeciphered time period uh time of creation is unknown writing ceased and most tablet lost or destroyed in this 1860s direction read is reversed bow on and language is assumed to be rapanui
0: Yeah. So the original Rapa Nui, obviously it's changed a lot and it's still spoken, but definitely the symbol, these symbols and things have died out for sure. But I'll post a picture. There's a little picture of some of the like interpretations of a lot of the things on here. Like one of them, they say, looks like a caterpillar and one looks like a squid and Uh then a circle and palm tree. So interesting.
1: (laughs) Uh, did you already say this or know about this, but it says Rongo Rongo is the modern name for the inscriptions in the Rapa Nui language. It means to recite, to declaim, and to chant out.
0: Yep. So Rongo, if I remember right, Rongo means like to listen, to hear, to pay attention, to respect. And then Rongo Rongo, yeah, means exactly what you said. So it is interesting. And the word Rongo is actually used in a lot of like Asian and Polynesian cultures still um i remember specifically in the philippines so let me look this up real quick to make sure i'm i'm giving giving this right but um it means peace yeah so peace um it can be kind of like peace euphoria respect love things like that and then when you combine them um it takes on that meaning of what you said of to declare or to speak things like that. So it, it's interesting, and in a lot of languages, it's it's a word that you would use daily. Like over in the Philippines, they said that's something that you would say daily in conversation a lot. So it's tied to some other languages in just the name of it, but the actual glyphs are are completely completely original, or at least we haven't oh, this yet, here? found anything.
1: It says here that people may, like, that, that tribe or whoever they were, may have been able to read without turning it as if the reader were able to read upside down. So they, like, apparently there would be no upside down to them. Like, hmm. they could read it what, no matter which way it was turned. They knew that glyph regardless.
0: I mean, that which makes sense. Is interesting. Like, yeah. You, you can kind of read upside down in English, I feel like. Like, if you see words, you can... You can tell what they are upside down. Not not as quickly, yeah. but excuse me. But yeah, so, so they haven't really been able to, to age the tablets yet, but they do hypothesize. They've done topology of the surface and they've hypothesized that uh, they've been carved with either obsidian uh, pieces of obsidian or shark teeth. And they've been able to tell that by the way that the glyphs are connected with different lines. So they say like the chevron patterns, every time that the chevron is inscribed, it's connected to the next one with like a really thin hairline. And they say that somehow that is a sign that they either used an obsidian piece or some other specific tool to write in that way. How they figure that out, I have no idea. But <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm, I'm guessing they've determined that from other glyphs that they found around the world. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it is hard to date because they don't have a lot of organic material on the tablet to date. Like, there's nothing really to date on it. Carbon dating really only works with organic material. It doesn't work with rock. It doesn't – unless there's, like, moss on the rock or some kind of plant. They can't really tell how rock is decaying. It's just the carbon in, like, organic matter. And so it's hard to date it. Um, But, I mean, looking at pictures of it, like – it has withstood the test of time like it's oh yeah it still is completely together it doesn't look like too beaten up the glyphs are clearly readable and i'm guessing that they may have done some restoration on it or probably something but like the color of it is still really rich and vibrant and like it's it's fascinating
1: how many there are like how many like slabs they found with this type of
0: stuff on it with this type specifically i don't know this specific rongo rongo one is unique um yeah to this tablet but they have found other tablets made out of like driftwood or whatever um <clears throat> so they say here, there's like
1: there's like 20 or something
0: yeah they've got they letter them so there's like uh yeah some of them have patterns like uh the writing patterns on glyphs b e g h o q and t are all the same and then they've got um i so i think they letter them i don't know exactly how many there are but there are a lot of them that they found this one though is is unique so kind of cool and who knows like what what it's what it's holding you know i find this kind of stuff fascinating and even when we can decipher stuff like this i'm like how do we even know like they could be something totally different but this one yeah no one has a clue and. They can guess, but no one no one even knows. And um without being able to date it, who knows if it originated on Easter Island or if the settlers brought it with them? So oh, yeah. I, I'm just fascinated to see like if it there's not a lot that's known about the culture or the history of the Polynesians on Easter Island up to the European intervention. And so, like maybe it contains secrets about the big Moai statues, you know, maybe it contains information about how they settled there and like how they lived and and kind of their early culture but yeah it's it's impossible right now to know and it's pure speculation but to me that's like the fascinating part about it is that it's an unsolved mystery and it's kind of fun to just like theorize and hypothesize about it
1: yeah geez that's kind of crazy
0: yeah, but I, I, I have a, a much greater fascination with Easter Island now than I did before after oh, yeah. I this research. Oh I'd love to go. I to like it. mysteries oh. that aren't scary. So this is a good one. <laughs> see, there's a couple things that I want to do. I want to go into the pyramids and like go to Egypt, because ancient Egypt is fascinating to me. And then I would love to go to Easter Island and then I want to go to like Gobekli Tepe. Oh jeez. Yeah. I just want to go to ancient civilizations and see stuff. It'd be so be
1: cool.
0: Safe. Yeah, that is Easter Island. Um, and if you guys have any more information on it, let us know. Oh, one one word of advice. If you go there, don't touch the statues. There was a guy that was fined 17000 bucks for touching one. So it is illegal to touch them. <laughs> don't do it. $15,000? $17,000 for touching it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not even kind of... Like, I'm not upset about that because this is history. You cannot mess this up. Like, anything could, you know, if you topple these, that's that's a part of history that's gone. So right. I am full in force of the largest possible punishment for, for messing with these. But that's just more than I was expecting.
0: Well, here's the thing. Ancient humans built stuff that lasted the test of time. We don't. And oh, yeah. so like a lot of these statues are already toppled over. Like there's a thousand of them. Some of them have fallen. They've sunken into the ground. Like don't touch them because we ruined stuff and ancient people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so just leave yeah, them. We, be. we want to
1: keep these around forever.
0: Let the statues yes, they are uh, hold their secrets and but yeah, kind of cool. I I'm really fascinated by it and I would love someday to know, what the statues and the tablet mean. That's that's like... I have this list of things I want to find out in the afterlife when my mind is opened and I get all this intense knowledge of things. Aliens, the Easter Island stuff, and Ancient Egypt stuff. That's what I want to know.
1: I was gonna... <clears throat> I looked up some plane tickets from Salt Lake City to Easter Island just to see. It's gonna we cost you a cool four grand about... Just an FYI. So, well, is is there no, even
0: an airport there? Or is oh wow, okay, holy cow! It's
1: called it's the IPC. <laughs> I don't know
0: what that stands for, but that's that's literally twenty five plus hours of flying. Like,
1: oh my word! Uh, oh well, yeah, that's,
0: you've got connecting. This points, one says but... one day
1: in eleven hours. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's the one. And then if you fly Delta, you can spend eleven grand if you want. And that what? takes it down to 23 hours. hours and three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> so you're basically you're paying more than double, almost triple for eleven less hours there. But Jeez. let's anyway. see, uh, podcast trip. If we get enough money someday, maybe we'll go there.
1: Yes. Start start subscribing now.
0: <laughs> well, let us know what you guys think, and if you've ever been there or you have any other information, let us know because there's a lot that I didn't go over right of kind of the culture and things like that but i wanted to touch on the more fascinating points of it all and um yeah let us know what else you guys want to hear if there's any other legends or mysteries you want us to cover we'd be happy to hear from you about them
1: oh we would be ecstatic and again you can do the voice message on the website you're not comfortable with that totally fine you can message us, uh, us on facebook instagram twitter uh think that's all we have email doesn't matter just shoot us a a direct message on any of those and we will get it Um, so yeah might might want to open up like a maybe I'll open up like a Google form or something that's like a send your uh, ideas here kind of thing
0: yeah we could just post that to like the show notes or whatever yeah we'll see yeah Well, yeah, thank watch, you guys. Watch the social
1: media for announcements like that.
0: Yep. And again, we'll we'll discuss developing some uh, paid exclusive content as well for those of you who want that in the future. But for now, we're going to bring you the best of what we know and love about the mysterious and the conspirious and the haunted Darius. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you awesome. again for the support. We love you guys. And... Have a great day. Have a wonderful day.